I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with Colin Adams of Williams College. And Colin starts part two explaining what got him interested in knot theory. There's a couple of different things. So one thing I find so intriguing about knot theory is it's just a, a beautiful field. It's like the pictures, you see the pictures immediately, you can understand really difficult questions immediately, and then the mathematics turns out to be very deep behind it. And I love things that are very pictorial. I like to think geometrically, and knot theory really is, a, is an ideal field for that. The other thing is that there's some beautiful applications of knot theory, and a lot of those actually came about after I got into the field. But in fact, there's some wonderful applications such as to DNA, where DNA, you can think of that is putting 100 kilometers of fishing line in a basketball when that DNA is sitting inside the nucleus of the cell. And yet that DNA has to be able to do various functions for life to occur, recombination, transcription, and it can't because it's so tangled up. And it turns out that there are these enzymes, these molecules inside the nucleus of the cell that will take two strands of DNA, pull them up next to each other, cut one open, push the other one through, and then glue the first one back together again. In other words, what it's doing as far as the knot theorist is concerned is what's called a crossing change. And so it's allowing the DNA to knot and unknot. And it turns out that recently biochemists and biologists have actually found drugs that will prevent those enzymes from working. One example is called doxyrubicin, which actually prevents the enzyme from knotting and unknotting the DNA and therefore prevents defective DNA from recreating itself. You're talking about applications. Uh, the knots, they have what you might call a chirality, where if you make think one thing over another and then reverse that where it went under, you have two different knots and the same kind of thing comes up with chemistry. Yeah, no, that's right. And, and so that really is related to the whole field of synthetic chemistry where you're trying to make new materials. And one way to do that is, as you were, you were describing it, you can take a molecule and instead of making the left-handed version, you can make the right-handed version. And although it has many similar properties to the left-handed version, it also has some, some very different properties. And so kind of understanding that chirality, and that comes up in knot theory also where you can take a knot and then you can take the mirror reflection of that knot and it will have different properties, but it will be very similar to the original. The whole field of of trying to synthesize knotted molecules is a really hot area in chemistry right now. The idea being that if you take a sequence of atoms glued together, constituent atoms glued together in an order, and then you let that molecule bite its own tail, you get what's called a cyclic molecule, like benzene is a very famous example. But imagine now you cut open that molecule, you tie a knot in it, and then you glue the two loose ends together, and now you've trapped a knot on that molecule, and it has very different properties than the original, even though it's made up of the same constituent atoms bonded in exactly the same order. So biochemists and, and synthetic chemists are really excited about this because then this means that you're going to be able to synthesize lots and lots and lots of new molecules with new properties that nobody's ever seen before. And they've already successfully been creating knotted molecules, but right now what the real goal is is to try to come up with a systematic way of being able to knot on the molecular level. Yeah, and so we're talking about your research, and you wrote a book on knots, the knot book, which is coincidentally published by the AMS, but you also have, you might say, a lighthearted aspect to your mathematics. Is there one that you enjoy more than the other? You must enjoy them both, I guess. I do enjoy them both. No, that's right. I, I, I love doing research. I love thinking about knot theory and working with students on research and knot theory. So that's one side that I just enjoy immensely. But I also love to think about kind of new and fun ways to present mathematics to people and ideally in some way that will keep people interested long enough to see the beauty of the mathematics behind it. And so I've gotten a real kick out of coming up with ways to do that, playing characters and talks and making, I have a comic book called Why Not and things like that. I really enjoy that.
Yeah, so at this point, I should make sure that I'm talking to uh, Colin Adams and not either Mel Slugbait or, or Sir Randolph Bacon III. And, and... You would know by the accent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Colin, is there anything you'd like to add about knot theory or math in general? I don't think so. I think knot theory is just this very pretty area. Lots of pretty pictures, really easy to understand what the questions are, but then, then the mathematics becomes very deep behind it. And so I, I, I just feel lucky to have stumbled across it myself and, and love to tell people about it. All right. Uh, that's Colin Adams, who's the Thomas T. Reed Professor of Mathematics at Williams College. Colin, thanks very much for talking to us. Okay. My pleasure.